What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, I'm going to tell you about the scheming global elites and their attempt to force digital ID and digital currency upon the people. I'm also going to tell you about a study that absolutely proves without a shadow of a doubt that it is the vaccines that cause myocarditis, not actually catching COVID. It was a study with 800,000 people, and it's actually up online. I'm going to leave a link to it in the show notes so everyone can go check it the fuck out. I may get into a rant or two because a fucking clown world 2022 is in effect and everything. But who knows? Sit back and get ready for this. Let's start with the central bank digital currency. So check this out. The New York subsidiary of the Federal Reserve, and I'll just call them the Fed in the future, completed the first test of Project Cedar, and that is the initiative testing a central bank digital currency. The New York Innovation Center, NYIC, carried out its first phase and highlighted the potential for digital assets and blockchain technology to improve legacy payment rails. Now, according to a report published by the NYIC, an entity created to research the CBDC, or digital dollar, is developing a technical framework for a theoretical implementation of this digital asset created in partnership with Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub, BISIH. The research center focused on a wholesale application of the CBDC. And just a little side note, I'm getting my information about this from a website called Bitcoinist.com. If you go to that website, they will like literally break it down step by step what is actually happening with the CBDC. According to the report the NYIC put out, they are saying this first phase is successful. The test was live for 12-week period and leveraged blockchain technology to settle a transaction on the simulated FX market. This phase studied whether digital assets can be, quote, deliver fast and safe payments for a lower settlement cost. Now check this out. Peter von Zelowitz, who is the director of the New York Innovation Center, said this, quote, Project Cedar Phase 1 revealed promising applications of blockchain technology, modernizing critical payments infrastructure, and our inaugural experiment provides a strategic launch pad for further research and development regarding the future of money and payments from the U.S. perspective. According to the report put out by NYIC, they are basically saying that the CBDC is able to settle a transaction in an average of 15 to 10 seconds. The traditional old school way took over 48 hours. So that's probably how they're going to try to sell it to everyone. Basically, it kind of reminds me of when everybody, you know, switched from snail mail to email, something like that. In the first phase, the CBDC operated under the unspent transaction output ledger used by Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies with a proof of authority consensus. This design may change in future testing. Uh, something I found kind of interesting was the research center said they can't guarantee the real-world application of the CBDC. This decision has to be made by the U.S. Federal Reserve. So this shit is coming, guys. CBDC is not a conspiracy theory anymore. It is coming, and it's coming quickly. That took only 12 weeks to have the first phase tested. So, I mean, I think this is what's going to happen. And once we get into that digital currency, they're going to be slapping us all down with the social credit scores and digital IDs. All bad. All fucking bad, you guys. 
Speaking of digital ID, I found this next story on sociable.co. Check this shit out. Digital ID battery passports are planned for the electric vehicles. The World Economic Forum founded Global Battery Alliance. Like, what the fuck? I mean, I guess it's to be expected, but check this out. Surveillance and data sharing tools can be used to monitor, incentivize, and or coerce compliance with net zero agendas in a global circular economy. The Global Battery Alliance was founded in 2017 at the World Economic Forum. And they're prepping a battery passport right now as we sit here for electric vehicles that include a digital ID framework to track their performance as well as greenhouse gas footprints for ESG purposes. And ESG just stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. In October 2022, the Global Battery Alliance, GBA, launched its Greenhouse Gas Rulebook, highlighting its battery passport and the platform for, quote, calculating and tracking the greenhouse gas footprint of lithium-ion batteries in electric vehicles and other applications. So this isn't even in conspiracy land, you guys. <laughs> this shit, you can go find it on the World Economic Forum's site right now. The all-encompassing battery passport ecosystem will consist of a global reporting framework to govern rules around measurements, auditing, and reporting of ESG parameters across the battery value chain. A digital ID for batteries containing data and descriptions about the ESG performance, manufacturing history, and provenance, as well as advancing battery life extension and enabling recycling. Next, harmonizing of the digital systems collaborating across the value chain to report data into the battery passport. A digital platform that will collect, exchange, collate, and report data among all authorized lifecycle stakeholders to advance a sustainable value chain for electric vehicles and stationary batteries. It will transparently report progress toward global glows along the battery value chain to inform policy making for governments, the civil society, and the developed performance benchmarks. A quality seal for batteries based on the data reported into the platform to facilitate responsible purchasing by consumers. Now, according to the World Economic Forum and Global Battery Alliance briefing papers, they said, quote, each battery passport will be a digital twin of the physical battery enabled by the digital battery passport platform, which offers the global solution for securely sharing information and data. For years, it's been the World Economic Forum and the World Trade Organization trying to push Trying to, push digital, trying to push digital IDs to both physical objects and legal persons. It's fucking insane. It's like these two organizations keep popping their ugly little fucking heads up all the time with their crazy megalomaniac schemes. These psychopaths at the World Economic Forum and other organizations are definitely pushing public and private entities towards a global circular economy in order to help achieve their net zero agendas. And basically what the circular economy means is just something to bolster sustainability by abandoning the linear value model of, quote, take, make, and waste, and adopting a circular model of take, make, take, make. Like, fucking get the fuck out of here. What? And just a little side note here, where the fuck are they going to get all the lithium ion and cobalt needed to make these electric vehicle batteries? It seems like China kind of has the monopoly on that. And what, you really think China's going to be like, oh, yeah, sure, USA, we'll give you all these lithium-ion batteries. 
Fuck no, that's just going to create a nightmare where China has even more control over the United States. Fuck all that. Now, I'm sure you guys all remember the lovely little phrase, quote, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Let me just tell you the business model behind that phrase real quick. According to a recent World Economic Forum agenda blog post, product as a service, PAAS, offers a shift away from selling assets toward charging customers on their terms. For the use of products, consumers, which include public authorities, do not purchase the products, only the services they provide. So you will own nothing and you will be happy. You're fucking renting your battery. Just in case you are not familiar with the quote, I own nothing and I'm still happy bullshit. It was World Economic Global Leader and Danish MP Ida Aachen who wrote in 2016, quote, welcome to the year 2030. Welcome to my city. Or should I say our city? I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or clothes. Everything you considered a product has become a service, she added, while giving thanks to the breakthrough of the circular economy. Like, what the fuck, you brainwashed psychopath? Get your fucking crazy shit out of my face. Fuck off. It's just one more way that they can push the Great Reset upon us. They want surveillance and data sharing tools like digital ID, battery passports, and tracking individual carbon footprint trackers, along with ESG scoring, which can be used to measure, monitor, incentivize, and or coerce compliance with a net zero agenda in a global circular economy. Now, we all know these fucking tools and methodologies are a part of the globalist plan. It's just how they roll. They are pushing for the Great Reset and the global economy powered by the so-called Fourth Industrial Revolution. The globalist style is just like a slow burn. They're slowly taking away our rights. They're slowly strangling our way of life, hoping that people won't notice. And it's fucking working because the majority of people don't see it. They don't even question what the fuck is going on. They're too busy worried about sports or fucking Kim Kardashian's ass. Fuck, you know, what's going on in real life that's affecting real people. You guys, these fucking globalists are definitely making moves to complete the Great Reset plan. This is not a crazy conspiracy theory. These motherfuckers are upfront about what they are doing. I've seen videos of Klaus Schwab bragging about how he has infiltrated the highest levels of governments in many countries. And I totally believe him. Canada, Brazil, America, I mean, the fucking list goes on. The EU, the UK, Australia. These motherfuckers are everywhere. And they're trying to slowly change the laws and take control of our lives. Now, I'm not sure if there's anything we can do at this point. I think people have been asleep at the wheel for far too long, and I'm not sure if we've come to the point of no return, but I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop screaming from the rooftop. I'm not going to stop paying attention. I'm not going to stop the fight. I will sit here and hold the line till the last fucking breath. These people are not going to microchip me. I am not getting their fucking deadly COVID juice. No, get fucked. Not happening. I really just hope that more people wake up now before they end up in some fucking FEMA camp. Because that's what is it coming. It's going to be for our own good. They're, the government's just trying to protect us because they care. They care about the people. Get the fuck out of here. I don't know. It boggles the mind that people actually still believe their governments have their best interest in mind. 
No, the government is a bunch of greedy ass psychopaths that want to lord over people. They do not give a fuck about you. So moving on from the slow burn takeover of our society and life as we know it by the global elites, I'm going to kind of bring it back to these crazy miscarriages that are happening. Last week, I played an excerpt of an interview from Dr. James A. Thorpe, and he says that he has seen some crazy shit going on, you guys. He's an OBGYN, and he specializes in childbirth. And he was just talking about the crazy increases of miscarriages and stillborn babies and babies being born with terrible fucking conditions that are going to affect them their whole lives. Just check this out, you guys. According to recent research, the risk of miscarriage rose by 44% in North America in late August compared to late February. Check this out. They're going <laughs> to these stupid motherfuckers are blaming it on the hot weather. Get the fuck out of here. Why three years ago did the miscarriage rate not rise 44% in the hot summer months? They're going to blame everything except for the actual fucking kabobo shot. The hot summer. Get the fuck. Oh, wow. Wow. I... I, I, I've stopped. Sometimes I just want to bang my head against the wall. I got to take a step back. This fucking clown world is just too much. <laughs> Moving on to some more fuckery. I just want you guys to take a second and recall the vac shills that love to say, quote, the risk of myocarditis or pericarditis is higher with the virus than the vaccine. Well, uh, fucking no, it's not. There is a new study that was released. It had eight 100,000 people in it. So they're saying COVID infection does not cause myocarditis and pericarditis. This is according to the study in a journal of clinical medicine. The COVID vaccines lied to us, you guys, when they said the injection was better than risking myocarditis and pericarditis from COVID infection. I mean, that was one of the key reasons for justifying the mRNA injections as a prophylactic measure for the entire population. Like everything else associated with this COVID bullshit, it turns out that was a complete fabrication. The study group of 196,000 infected adults and the control group was a whopping 590,000 people for a combined total of almost 800,000 people. This is the conclusion they came to. Post-COVID infection was not associated with either myocarditis or pericarditis. We did not observe an increased incidence of neither pericarditis nor myocarditis in adult patients recovering from COVID-19 infection. So we all know that the myocarditis and pericarditis we are seeing is not from COVID or long COVID. It is from the fucking vaccination. I mean, come on. What, what other conspiracy theories are we've been talking about for the last two years that are, you know, are left to come true? We have covered, I mean, what, 90% of them have come true in the last couple of years? So yeah, when your vac shield peeps start telling you, oh, you know, might as well get the vaccine so you don't get myocarditis, be like, sorry, bro, uh, it's the fucking vaccine causing that, not the COVID infection. Another day, another clown world conspiracy theory comes true. What can you do? Now I need to put a call out to all my SoCal peeps. Check this out, you guys. Tomorrow, the OC Board of Supervisors is having a meeting. Apparently, back on November 1st, the Orange County Board of Supervisors called a special meeting for Wednesday, November 2nd at 11.30 a.m. to ratify the OC Health Department's declaration of a local health emergency on October 31st, 2022. The emergency was declared over concerns about the rising cases of respiratory syncytial virus in children within the county. Never before in history has the RSV virus been an emergency. What's at stake? Let's break this down. 
This new local health emergency could trigger a state emergency and a national emergency that could bring back all the mandates of the last two years. It would also allow the new RSV mRNA vaccine to be released under the EUA without proper testing or long-term studies. The mandates of the last two years did not work, and it had devastating consequences to businesses, education systems, mental, emotional, and physical health of millions of people, you guys. We do not want a repeat of this. So please, if you can, show up at 9 a.m. and sign up to speak and voice your concerns at the meeting. In addition to showing up, call each member of the Orange County Board of Supervisors and voice your opinion about these newly declared local emergencies. Tell them you will not tolerate a repeat of the last two and a half years. Flood their phone lines and clog their emails. Let them know we know what they are doing and we are not ever going to tolerate it again. So you guys, if you're anywhere near SoCal, I I see you guys. There's a bunch of you down there. Please make some time to do this. If everyone just keeps sitting around, you know, hoping somebody else stands up for it, we're definitely fucked. So you have to be proactive. You have to get off your asses. You have to try to do something to stop these psychopaths. Do you want a repeat of fucking the last two years? I mean, it was fucking crazy. Not that I even followed any mandates, but the people that actually bought into that shit and like sat at home all scared and shit, fucking, I, of course they're going to have mental problems. It's just any excuse for a power grab. 100% what this whole thing is. I'll link an address to the board hearing room in the show notes so you guys know exactly where to go. It's in Santa Ana. But please, you guys, everything that we hold dear is at stake. These motherfuckers are trying to chip away at us from every direction. And everybody has to do something. You can't just wait for somebody else to do it. This is what's important in life. Not fucking watching TV, sleeping in, whatever bullshit. This is what helps us, the people. They're literally chipping away at our rights every which way they can. And the only way to stop these megalomaniacs is a show of force. We are not going to take this bullshit anymore. So now we're moving on to some confidential Pfizer docs that were leaked and official government reports that are confirming COVID-19 vaccination is destroying immune systems, killing hundreds of thousands and causing infertility, stillbirths and cancer. I'm getting this information today from the expose. These motherfuckers, this is really good information. I actually donated to them because they've been banned from everything else. Big tech basically demonetized them. So all the money that they get to keep this up and running and looking at these documents is from their readers. So I I find so much information. I totally donate. I will do it again, too. So go check out the expose. They fucking have top notch information. Now, according to the European MOMO, which stands for the official European Mortality Monitoring Project, as well as 28 governments across Europe, the continent suffered 254,561 excess deaths by week 42 of the first year of the alleged COVID-19 pandemic. Then, despite the fucking life-saving Kabobo shot coming out, Europe suffered a further increase in excess deaths by week 42 of 2021, with a total of 257,760 deaths being recorded. Now, unfortunately, that uh, trend seems to continue into this year, with Europe recording 283,457 excess deaths as of week 42 of 2022. This means Europe has suffered 28,896 more excess deaths in 2022 so far than it did during the same time frame 
at the height of the alleged pandemic in 2020. And this obviously is suggesting the COVID-19 injection has done the complete opposite of its alleged intended effect if we are to believe that COVID-19 was really to blame for so many people dying in 2020. And it's the same for England and Wales. According to the Office for National Statistics, since week 16 of 2022, the two countries have recorded excess deaths for 27 weeks in a row, excluding two weeks coinciding with the late Queen's Platinum Jubilee and the late Queen's funeral, two weeks in which reporting of deaths was delayed. All in all, guys, there have been 34,237 excess deaths during this time frame compared to 2015 to 2019, a five-year average with 288,693 deaths in total. Now, I'll leave a link to this article. I'm not going to like go in depth because they fucking go in depth. They've got graphs and everything and they're using official government data and Pfizer confidential paperwork. So I would go check it out. Like I said, I'll leave it in the show notes and just fucking see what's going on. Look at these numbers and maybe connect the dots because this is all bad. Now, before we move on from the excess death situation, check out these horrific numbers. There's a 2,181% increase in hypertension. There's a 1,084 increase in disease of the nervous system. There is an 894% increase in malignant neoplasm of the esophagus, a 680% increase in multiple sclerosis, a 624 increase in malignant neoplasms of the digestive organs, a 551% increase in Julian Barr syndrome, a 487% increase in breast cancer. And like I told you guys a few episodes ago, my grandma just got diagnosed with breast cancer which does not run in her family. So uh, I'm kind of thinking maybe the Kabobo shot and those 900 boosters she got kind of fucked her up. Now we're going to move on to some Canadian news. Check this out. The new Alberta PM is completely under attack from the mainstream Canadian media for refusing to join the World Economic Forum. So recently named as an opponent of the imposition of vaccines and mass mandates, the new Prime Minister of Alberta, Province of Canada, Danielle Smith is severing previously established ties with the World Economic Forum, which is deeply involved in a, quote, health advisory agreement that revolves around the province's response to COVID. She stated, quote, I find it distasteful when billionaires brag about how much control they have over the political leaders of countries. And Smith told that to a news conference Monday after after the new cabinet took office. Alberta's premier of the United Conservative Party said she was in line with the Canadian federal conservative leader, Pierre Polivar. I don't know, some French shit, who said he and his caucus will have nothing to do with the World Economic Forum. So earlier this month, on her first day as prime minister, Smith said that people who are not vaccinated against COVID are the most discriminated against group she has ever seen in her life. Now, this is where the fucking Canadian mainstream media comes in. So in response to her basically saying, fuck the World Economic Forum, the mainstream media started running a full-scale campaign against Smith, consistently referring to all opposition to the World Economic Forum as being based on, quote, conspiracy theories. As the saying goes, if you want to know who's really in power, all you have to do is find out who you can't criticize and see the reaction of the fucking fake-ass mainstream media. After two years of authoritarian blockades and attempts to impose vaccine passports in Canada by fucking Justin Trudeau is a tool, 
Alberta was one of the only regions in the country that politically opposed the dictates of the federal executive. This helped support anti-passport protests by truckers and other Canadians and prompted Trudeau to use the provisions for terrorism to confiscate donations to the Canadian truckers movement. And like, that's all fucking water under the bridge now, apparently. So the COVID infection average in the province of Alberta in terms of infections and deaths are no worse than the provinces with strict mandates, just like here in the United States. The Canadian press and other media outlets claim the criticism of the World Economic Forum is based on, quote, unproven, unmasked online conspiracy accusations that the forum is facing a global cabal of rope pullers who exploit pandemic to dismantle capitalism and introduce harmful socialist and social systems and control measures such as forcing people to take vaccines with tracking chips and nanobots. Now, I don't know if the mainstream media in Canada has just been fucking asleep, but all the conspiracies noted in that statement are true. None of them have been debunked at this point. Maybe the tracking chip situation, but fuck, give it a couple of months. They're already tracking you with your cell phone if you have the fucking apps to have your Kabobo pass on there. And many of these apps have been approved by the CDC in the U.S. and in countries like China, where they are mandatory. Before I get out of here today, I just have to tell you about an article I read that made me literally want to go through my phone and choke the bitch who fucking wrote it. This fucking girl. Let me just read you the title and you'll probably already know what I'm talking about. It starts off, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. Let's focus on the future and fix the problems we still need to solve. By Emily Oster. What the fuck? Uh, amnesty? You motherfuckers need a military tribunal, not amnesty. You don't just fucking get to shun and treat a whole chunk of the population like parasites because the fucking mainstream media told you to. Now, this article goes on and on about some bullshit that has nothing to do with anything, so I will skip to the part where she wants the amnesty. So she writes, the people who got it right, for whatever reason, may want to gloat. Those who got it wrong, for whatever reason, may feel defensive and retrench into a position that doesn't accord with the facts. All of this gloating and defensiveness continues to gobble up a lot of social energy and to drive the culture wars, especially on the internet. These discussions are heated, unpleasant, and ultimately unproductive. In the face of so much uncertainty, getting something right had a hefty element of luck. Well, no, the fuck it didn't. It had a hefty amount of research and looking into shit and not just taking the word of these megalomaniac quote unquote leaders. She goes on to say getting something wrong wasn't wasn't a moral failing. Treating pandemic choices as a scorecard on which some people racked up more points than others is preventing us from moving forward. So this is the funny part. We have to put these fights aside and declare a pandemic amnesty. No, bitch. We fucking do not need to do that. Do you understand that our family members died alone in care homes? Do you understand how many people lost their jobs because they said, fuck your mandates? And all of the ill effects of closing schools for, for as long as they did? You guys and your stance had real world consequences for everybody. How many small businesses are just gone, totally out of existence because of the fucking ridiculous mandates put on us by the governments? If that side would have just done the most basic fucking research, they would have seen they were being lied to. But 
They didn't. They just drank the Kool-Aid along with everyone else, you know, get their fucking virtue signaling on and, you know, get a pat on the back on social media. So, yeah, this is what I have to say to all you motherfuckers that want amnesty. Absolutely the fuck not. I will see you at a tribunal and I really hope you're held 100% accountable and punished accordingly. There is actually just one more thing that I have to tell you guys about. There's a new analysis of the COVID virus, and it suggests Fauci and Ralph Barrick's fingerprints are on the pandemic bug. Critics have long questioned why the National Institute of Health would fund experiments by the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, Professor Ralph Barrick, to develop a technique for hiding evidence of human tampering in laboratory-created superviruses. So the NIAID gave Ralph Barrick million in funding so he could develop a so-called, quote, seamless litigation technique, which he boasted could perfectly conceal an evidence of human tampering in laboratory-created viruses. Barrick nicknamed his invention the, quote, no-seum method. This fucking guy. Now, based upon a new study, quote, endonucleus fingerprints indicates a synthetic origin of SARS-CoV-2. And that was published on the preprint server BioRxIV. And it shows that apparently, unbeknownst to Barrick, the quote, seamless litigation concealment gimmick leaves its own minute but legible signature. Barrick's technique has long been controversial. It's the artist that doesn't sign his name to the painting, the virologist that doesn't put his signature into the virus to let us know whether or not it's emerging naturally or it's lab derived and that's according to jeffrey sachs chair of the lancet covid19 commission which is a task force that investigated the origins of covid19 jeffrey goes on to say quote all of it says my god there was really a big very risky research agenda underway it's absolutely mind-boggling that ralph barrick would be fucking developing this hiding technique funded through taxpayer dollars and somehow, you know, oh, this shit got released over to China. Let's let's give Dr. Xi fucking this technology so China can replicate it. What the fuck clown world bullshit is that? Now, before I get out of here, I have to say what's up to my top three downloading states, which are California, Pennsylvania and Washington. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate the downloads. If you want any of the information I talk about or you have something I should check out, Email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. And as far as our international peeps, we have Canada, Australia, the UK, and New Zealand. What's up, guys? I see you, and I appreciate you guys tuning in every single week. That's what's up. So, like I always tell you guys, be aware, and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. 